welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Welcome to Advice from a Young Tradesman, Season 3, Episode 1. I am your host, Noah Cantor, and I'm excited to be back. Thanks for tuning in. Like the seasons before it, this season will be a direct reflection of where I am in life, what I'm thinking about, and will therefore be totally different than anything that came before it. You may have already noticed no intro music. If you actually miss it, like if it used to hype you up, DM me. I'm genuinely curious, but I don't know. I didn't like it anymore, and I'm not really sure what it added. So for now, it's gone. Last season, I started out with a big monologue update, and one difference you'll notice this season is that I'll still be given those updates, but in a more conversational way with people around me. I'm also going to experiment with some new formats that I think could be really cool. I'm excited to present those in the next few episodes as well. This episode is a conversation with Bender, my current full-time employee who you met last season, and my newest employee, Owen, where we recap the summer and lay the groundwork for the next few months. This episode was recorded in mid-November 2021, and it marked an important turning point that was a long time coming, and that was finally deciding to be an all-interior company all year round. And as you'll hear, we had a doozy of an end to this exterior season that really helped that decision along. On the sponsorship front, the PCA will be our core sponsor and partner throughout the season, and Armstrong Clark is also on board. Even though, as you will hear more about, I'm not going to be doing exterior stain grade work this season, I still obviously love this brand and the people behind it and want to spread the word about it to anyone that is still doing stain grade exteriors because I know how much of a game changer it was for me. It was really cool to hear your feedback from people who discovered Armstrong Clark through this podcast last season. And a lot of people reached out for help with projects. I love that. I want you to know that door is still open. I am happy to help on that front. I really still love the exterior stain grade realm. If I ever put exteriors back into the rotation, that's going to be the only thing I do. And I will be living vicariously through Armstrong Clark's Instagram page and all of the projects you send me this summer. So please check them out. Give them a call. Ask about them. Ask me about them. I guarantee you will not regret it. Let's talk about the PCA, Painting Contractors Association, a bit more too. The big exciting thing to talk about on that front right now is their expo, the thing that everyone has wanted to have again for an entire pandemic. It's finally back, March 2nd through 4th in Orlando, Florida. Now, I'm such a wee lad in this industry that I've never been to an expo, but I've been to other industry events, and I know how impactful they've been, how approachable and generous all of our favorite people are, how life-changing events like this can be if you go into it with the right headspace ready to grow and learn and probably be humbled, to be honest. I also know how much the PCA has grown and changed as an organization since the last time they put on an expo. So between the programming they've created and the people who will be there at this event, it's not one to miss. It breaks my heart that it is looking like I will miss it because I'm reasonably certain the dates are going to directly collide with closing on and moving into my first house. So I will be a last minute attendee if I go, But if you've never been to an industry event like this, I cannot encourage you enough to do whatever it takes to put yourself there. You will not regret it. 
Another thing to note, since I'm not going to have big seasonal work variability in my schedule with exteriors this year, this podcast season may take different forms and go beyond the 10-episode format I've used in the past. And I may also partner with other sponsors throughout the season. And any other companies that I partner with are going to be done in the same way I've done with Armstrong Clark and the PCA. I want to put really great, beloved grassroots organizations in front of you who are led by great people that go above and beyond to make our industry a better place. That is a through line with everything I put before you. And the same as last season, you will hear a few words about the sponsors up top and never in the middle of an episode because that's whack. Okay, and let's get into this episode now. It is a chat in my kitchen with my two employees, and it'll catch you up on what's happened since last season. And if you haven't listened to episode two, season 10, Bender on Board, some of this might not make perfect sense, so I recommend checking that one out and then coming back. Stick around after the episode is over, too, because since we recorded this a few months ago, the workers' comp claim that you'll hear us talking about continue to develop, so stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening again, and enjoy. Are we recording? We have, we've been recording. Oh. Yeah. We have you saying pernicious wombat. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to use that. Okay. So we're sitting here with the new iteration of Nth Degree Painting. Sandy Bender, you know her because of uh, <laughs> Life and uh, Bender on Board, Season 2, Episode 10. This is a, if, if you haven't listened to Season 2, Episode 10, this one isn't going to make sense. So do that and then come back. And we also have Owen Curtin, our newest employee here, who is standing by until later in the episode when we will hopefully organically segue him in. So, we left off with a cliffhanger in in Bender on board. It, we called it the lamest cliffhanger on earth, which it was. Um, but Bender, what was it? We planned, and I don't know if I can say this without laughing a little bit, we planned to finish exterior season in August. Hmm. Mm-hmm. End of August, we were done. September, we were rolling inside. Yeah, I think we finished November 4th. First week of November. Yeah. 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 Or let's and say we I, I, liberal. Finished. <laughs> yeah. I finished. And we're, let's build up to that, though. So, so the answer is, I can't say we failed. I failed at, the, at that because you're not booking jobs. I am. Um, so let's just pick up in like May. We left interior season jumped into exteriors I mean it was pretty it was smooth you were learning the weather was a nightmare weather was awful an absolute complete and utter nightmare and I know it's not it's not original to complain about weather I am saying this with certainty that it was at least three times worse than normal in terms of predictability and day planning it was a nightmare for the whole summer too, June through August. Summer, yeah, yeah. So we did have we had really good projects. I think they were mostly executed pretty well. But from your perspective, there must have been a pretty big difference coming out of the super organized, systematized interior land that we designed and trained you on for a month and change, and then going to the wild west. Yeah, it was a huge difference. Complicated exteriors in Vermont. So speak to that difference. 
Yeah, so our first, we had, you know, a couple little decks, which were fine. Little um, training ones. Yeah, yeah, little training ones. But then our first big project was everything that you could be doing on an exterior, pretty much. Yeah. We did it all in one. And I had very little independence. Mm-hmm. I, it, there was so much nuance in every single detail. Yeah. That there was, it wasn't transferable. No, for the, this was a lot of Armstrong Clark deck restoration. This was a lot of Sickens clear coat stuff, and then a lot of higher level paint grade work. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in a big house, large, complicated to access house. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, quite a difference from the living rooms we were on a few weeks prior. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't, there couldn't be a system in place. I had to. I had I felt like I'd had this budding sense of oh I know what I'm doing I can take on bits and pieces and really hone them and do them mm-hmm. and just completely bombed out of that and I was like oh I get to tape something that's the one thing I know how to do here <laughs> which was predictable like yeah, I absolutely. knew that was going to happen yeah. and I think we even left off by saying like how much does it make sense to train you on this stuff versus just help you facilitate the season getting over with and you skill building in the in the ways that make sense and not in the ways that I don't make sense. I can't even imagine if we had gone into exteriors trying to like train me at an interior level mm-hmm. as well as actually produce something. Yeah. Because every single thing is different. Yeah. And nuanced. Yeah. Which is not to say it's impossible, but it's I hadn't put the work into that level, into that section of the business that I put into the interior section. Right. We, I mean, yeah. on Bender and Board, we were talking about how you have the checklist. We have the bins organized. We have, like, very succinct, tight systems. Mm-hmm. And that's what helped me be able to learn. Yeah. And there's none of that. The van yeah. is a rolling shop, as you like to say. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's in the van. I don't know what these new tools are for. I mean, I quickly learned, but there wasn't that color-coded bin organization with everything taped and labeled. But I'd imagine that was the least of your problems, though. It was. It was just the foundation. Think about the the projects, though. It was like we went from that complicated one to a couple more straightforward ones to a redwood siding complete strip job, which was... We had the best chemical stripping restorationist I know who happens to be in our market come over and he was scratching his head all day. Yeah. So the idea that you could have independent production when I'm going from job to job with things like that thrown in is ludicrous. Yeah. Like if I was like, oh, we're only doing paint grade garages, like then you would have had more momentum. But like because exterior season for me is shiny object syndrome and we're going to what Noah thinks is sexy and interesting and like the problems he likes to solve, you have no hope. No. Not at all. And Owen's kind of smiling knowingly over there. <laughs> we'll get into that later. But um, but yeah, yeah. And so we got through it. We knew it was the wrong decision to be doing it the entire time. Yes. And it was just like, let's, let's get through it. Um, and that's not to say, like, these were awesome projects. A lot of these were so cool. Gorgeous turnarounds. And it wasn't miserable. Like, there was nothing... Besides the weather factor, yeah, there was yeah, nothing no, we're bad about dramatic, it. You know, we, we like, are. Yeah. Like, as soon as we were on a job site, oftentimes, especially like with the Redwood house, I would 
I would have a task and I would know how to do that task or you would teach me how to do that task. And then I could do that task for the next three days. Yeah. I went on vacation when you were at the, the Cedar Port right. Strip. Like, like I, I independently worked. Days. Yeah. Like that was, and you were killing, you were doing better work than I would have. Yeah. But what needed to happen in that instance was for nothing to change. Yes. We yes. just had to like set it up or in that case, like I, I knew how to chemically strip and brighten a deck mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for other things, we just, nothing had to change. You just put me on it and I plow horse my way through. Mm-hmm. Both of our brains like limited scope and predictability in terms of this kind of work. Yes. I think that's just fundamentally what's true. I don't know how special we are on that, but like that is just clearly a thing that we like way better than a bunch of different constantly changing variables. Yes. That, that feels very human, right? Yeah. But like yeah. the fact that not much of our industry decides to specialize in an extreme way suggests that other people have a higher tolerance for constant changing bullshit. <laughs> and I don't anymore. I just yeah. don't. And yeah. So that gets us through the summer. Is there anything else we want to hit? No, it was just not really rainy and mm-hmm. trying to navigate job sites, trying to keep us employed and workable. Yeah. And did I mention rainy? Yeah, 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 yeah. We did discover that it can pour like tropical downpour on Armstrong Clark after maybe ten minutes of absorption and it's still fine. And that's not a recommendation, but On horizontals. On horizontals. Um so yeah, good good on them for that. So I will say something that was very nice about the exterior season was um, I'm a little spoiled. I got to come in and Noah had already, you've already honed your systems of Mm. oiling. So you knew already you only use Armstrong Clark. Yeah. So I came in and I only have ever oiled something with Armstrong Clark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is is a fair point. And again, Owen was in the pre-Armstrong Clark days. You were using some trash now that I look back on it. Um... But, yeah, like, realistically, for your first summer outdoors to be, like, oiling redwood and epa and like, that was the nicest of the sexy work. So there were were a lot of gems in the exterior season. It wasn't all bad. Um, It was just not systematized and different. Yeah. Um, So let's get into the end of the summer, which was just a complete and utter dumpster fire on multiple levels. So there's this one job for repeat clients where they initially wanted the front and kind of more straightforward half of their house done. And we are like, okay, that'll be the last one, cool. And then they were like, can you do the other way more complicated big half that I need a 65 foot genie lift for? And then I was like, okay, like I just, I, it's a sweet house. Um, I liked it, I liked the people. Great location. Great location. Yeah, I was like, this makes sense on a lot of levels. Like, let's just do it. Fine. You know, we started it when? Like mid mid to late September? Yeah. Yeah. And this was a big 150-year-old house. So a lot of layers of paint, lead job. This was the hardest scraping I've ever done in my entire life. Of any single combination of old paint I've ever had to try to remove from a house, this was the most brutal. Um, So how was that for you, Bender? Not great. Yeah, not great. Um, Lifts are fun. 
Lips so we'll are great. start. We'll do a nice, like, fun sandwich. Mm-hmm. Lips are fun. Yep. Um, I ended up having to not work for three weeks mm-hmm. because of this. Yep. What's the backstory there? So I have done um, physical labor for several years on and off. And when I, way back when I got an injury um, for, and like my shoulders and my neck and it's fine. It's been fine until I had to scrape hard lead paint off of a house for eight hours a day for a week plus. Yeah. (laughs) So pretty early on, like in the first week of the scrape job, this was clearly becoming unfun for you in a way that was like more than normal. Like, ah, I got a stretch, maybe get a massage. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I think it was like day six or seven of scraping when I just uh, everything I didn't recover overnight. Yeah, I was I was doing the thing that so many contractors I've come to understand or just anyone who's in the trades does where you push your body, you push your body, you push your body and you go, oh, it hurts. But like, it's fine. I, I can't say I set a good example on that. Front. I can't say you did. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I encourage you to. But then I don't do what I right, say. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and there's, you know, there's a whole lot of personal stuff behind it too. But I, it just like after so much scraping, I ended up with a nerve impingement and I couldn't use my hands. Your hands were numb. My hands were not functioning. Yeah. Like I couldn't <laughs> use a fork, let alone scrape lead paint off of the side of a building anymore. Yeah. So I had to kind of back off and see if it recovered and left Noah to finish the job. I don't know whether to get into my physical ailments at this point or the workers comp claim yeah they both suck. they both I suck mean, like they both suck let's let's, let's do the comp claim okay so i did an episode noah gets schooled on hr season two episode nine because last spring it occurred to me that i know absolutely nothing about how to work with all these systems that i involuntarily pay into regularly and consulted a wonderful HR expert and got schooled on it. Um, But then it was like, we're faced with this weird situation where this was a gradual overuse injury that had reared its head in similar ways before. Don't know about your recovery time. Mm -hmm. Do we file a claim for that? And it felt like a weird gray area. And what did we give you? Like a couple days and one PT visit before we were like, okay, like let's, you're going to be out for a couple weeks at least while I finish this thing. Yeah. So. It was helpful to set the stage for how workers comp, now we know works. It was helpful for me to go in and see a professional, my physical therapist, and for her to say, oh no, oh no, 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 you're not allowed to do that right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have an outside source. Yes. Yes. Um, so let's let's do a workers' comp claim from both of our perspectives. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be great. Um, so I had to initiate it, the employer. And at first you get like a robot person who's like, what is the date of the injury? And you're like, this is a gradual thing. I don't I don't know how you put that. What is the date of the injury? And you're like, God damn, okay. Um, so <laughs> put the 13th. I don't know. Like, g- give me a nuanced question or I can't. But like, whatever. So we had to jump through those hoops. You didn't have to do anything until the adjuster called you, right? Correct. Okay. Our adjuster was awesome. She was So on it. She was an administrative shark. Just like, oh, she was great. Um, 
But yeah, they sent you to go get checked out at a urgent care because they needed kind of an independent report of your health. Yeah. So they have very, very strict systems that work for them, I guess, um, where I had to go be seen by like someone specific that they are accustomed to working with and then have them send the report back. Um, so I ended up going to a, like a medical workers urgent care, um, uh, because that's, that's what they needed was a doctor to say, this is what is happening and this is not what's happening Mm -hmm. and report back to them before they could move on to anything. Yeah. So that happened. I had to fill out a bunch of like payroll paperwork. Overall, it wasn't too much of a process for me. It was more cumbersome for you because you had to go wait in an urgent care for three hours. And was there an ortho... Did you do the orthopedic visit or did they just say you had to and then... Yeah. So the urgent care referred me or said, I want, you know, we're going to recommend that you go see an orthopedic. Yeah. And... Between the wait time for uh, Concentra, the urgent care, to get back to the workers' comp people and then for the urgent care to find the place that they wanted me to go see the orthopedic and then for the orthopedic to schedule an appointment with me, we were past the date that the workers' comp decision was happening. Mm. So there was no... And that was the extended date. Yeah. There was no way for me to go see the specialist they wanted me to see before the workers' comp had to make their decision. And that decision date is partially or maybe fully affected by the Vermont Department of Labor's standards. But luckily, again, our our adjuster was doing all of that for us. Yes. So, like, it was was great. Yes, workers' comp sucks. It's a... Just such a trash system in so many ways. But, like, that adjuster did everything for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But let's also talk about, too, like, we got different questions from her. Yeah, the interviews were cool. The interviews were interesting because she was clearly trying to figure out if there was a precedent for this with this employee and maybe getting it, is this a fraud case? Yeah. Um, Because, you know, there were questions like, would you say Sandra... I was like, who's Sandra? (laughs) (laughs) Would Would you say Sandra is a good employee? does she want to work? And like questions <laughs> like that. I was like, oh, I see what you're getting at. Okay. Okay. Has she done this before at other jobs? I'm like, she's not a professional. Like, come on. Like, but yeah, she's just trying to get the dirt on you, but I covered. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And she asked me questions in the similar vein, but just from a different perspective of like, do I like working mm-hmm. for my employer? Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy my job? I didn't tell her you were drinking Mai Tais in Malibu, but, (laughs) 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 but yeah, yeah. So that was the claim. How did it end up? Denied in full. Denied in full. They had to take it up a bunch of levels of the, the command chain there because of the quasi pre-existing and the thing thing that sucks is like it's it's not it was a different injury just related close enough that insurance said nothing it also part of it that i i'm wondering if we hope and hopefully we never have to go through this process again yeah right um but i'm wondering if because so i stopped working and we gave it a week ish 
before filing the claim to mm-hmm. see if I would recover. Mm-hmm. And they don't count. Even if you filed the claim, they don't count the claim as starting until the injured employee has gone to see that urgent care. Mm. So, you know, I was 10 days out between my last day of work and going to urgent care um, because didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think that they wouldn't count anything until I was evaluated. Um, mm-hmm. And so even if the claim had come through, there would have been no back pay or medical assistance before mm. the date that I went to urgent care, mm-hmm. which was, I, I like, I just didn't think about that and how, how it works that how way. How would we? Like, no, yeah, how would we? Right. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much of the decision was also based on like the fact that I, I stopped work to heal. Yeah. So by the time 10 days later, I'm in urgent care I've made it my full-time job to heal my body. Yeah. So I'm doing the things that I know I should be doing based on like my physical therapist recommendation. Um, and it was just so, it was so nuanced. Yeah. They're, they're clearly used to processing claims where someone falls off a ladder. Yes. Or steps on a nail. Yeah. And it's clear cut. Like, yeah, they're, I don't think they're good at, at processing claims like this. And obviously it's in their best interest not to not to pay out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I did like, if the claim got accepted, I did like how they would have dealt with you coming back part-time. Yeah. Um, and how, like there were very reasonable elements to it if we got the claim put through. Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it was a mixed bag of an experience. I'm glad to have that knowledge now. Like it's, like you said, I hope to never do it again. Right. But going and forward, also, it just hurts to pay 13 cents in the dollar to them. Like, God, like to not even 13 cents covered. of every dollar I pay you goes to the, these people. Like, really? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, come on. I'm, I'm, it's a really, I'm you for this. it's a like, really strong reminder that they are insurance. Yeah. There. Apparently, this is this is health insurance pre Obamacare. This is what it felt like to be like yeah. you have something that is not your fault, but hey, you <laughs> nope. already had that. Yep. yep. So <laughs> yeah, so it was a very good learning journey, and I I feel way more knowledgeable about workers' comp and what needs to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and if you ever don't. But if you ever do fall off a ladder yeah. or something. But like, don't get a gradual injury. Don't, no. Yeah, make get it really, really clear like and concise. A sudden violent injury. Date and time. Yeah. Well, I've definitely, yeah. as you know, I've set up my share of shaky ladders that <laughs> you have told me, do not climb that ladder or you will fall. What? <laughs> <laughs> Might have to edit that. We'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I'm to think what that was. Anyway. Um, but we don't do exteriors anymore. So yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, so now while all this is happening, I, I do a three day intense canoe race in mid September and then come back and dive into this thing. And I'm in more like back and neck pain than I've ever been in before. And like, granted this job is brutal, but like, I know how far I can push my body and I know how to like rest it and recharge quickly. It was not happening. I like, this was borderline excruciating in a lot of ways. And so then I lose Bender and I have this entire <laughs> mammoth house and I'm just like broken myself. 
Uh, turns out I have Lyme disease, which if you're in the Northeast, you're probably like, oh no. And if you're not in the Northeast, you're probably like, what's that? Um, but I don't even know how to describe it. Like, what's a 30-second summary of it's this It's basically thing? an autoimmune disease without it being an autoimmune disease. It presents as autoimmune. It can turn into brain stuff. Yeah. It can turn into joint arthritic stuff. It can turn into you're allergic to meat. It's like, it sucks. It means you got bitten by a tick somehow and didn't notice it. Um, thank, I, this, this was news three days ago at this point, but for two months, basically... I was in a wild amount of pain that I didn't understand, and now I'm on some heavy-duty antibiotics, and hopefully that'll never happen again. But, um, so yeah, October sucked. (laughs) October was an awful month, because in addition to Bender being in pain and me being in a lot of pain, there was this whole, like, can she even come back? Yeah. I pushed this exterior season, which we said we weren't going to push, and now I'm broken, Bender's broken. My company's broken. These big plans for interior work, which we were so excited for, like, what does that look like? So there was definitely like a valley of despair in October where it was like... Very much so. Yeah. I'm just going to pack my shit up and do something else. It's so goddamn dumb. Like, like, yeah, there was a big like existential, like, is this work even worth it? Yeah. Because two for two. It wasn't. Two for two. It wasn't we are that month. down and out. And yeah, I wouldn't take that job again. It ended up great. It ended up great, but well, like as a job. Yeah. But yeah, that was a huge mistake. Should have packed it up in mid-September, gone right back indoors. And I still would have had Lyme disease, but you wouldn't have been knocked out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it really reinforces this idea of why do exteriors for us as a company? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the the last thing that just kind of helped me move to that point was just like getting to know Tyler, owner of Green Mountain, um, over the summer and just seeing, seeing the exterior company that I would, would want to be to do them at the level that I want to do them. And that involves, I don't know, three or four amazing man lifts and a crew of killers and carpentry on staff that he's cultivated over years, if not decades. Yeah. That is how you do exteriors the way I'd want to do exteriors. And that is an amount of capital and time investment that I am not willing to do for them right now. And a giant wash trailer. And then you're still competing with weather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again, if you're if you have three lifts on a job, you're a little more capable of dealing with anything, but like, yeah, seeing how, they they are the exterior company that's a reflection of the interior company that we're building. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even want to compete with them anymore. And not that there's not market share for both of us. There is. But, like, I didn't know how much... I didn't... Yeah. I didn't know what perfection on exteriors looked like until I met them. So, that was an easy... Another... Yet another reason to just bow out and be like, yep, that's the level I'd want to be. Not doing that right now. Mm-mm. Yep. Mm-mm. So. So, yeah. We. Yeah, October sucked. <laughs> um, but. But. I'm back. You're back. I healed. You healed. You spent a lot of time doing yoga and PT and, like, you're really good at that stuff. Yep. And you're in a yoga teacher training. And, yep. like. So, I'm. So, 
that's your world. Yeah. That's your. I knew what I needed to do and I made it my full time job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They abandoned all fun pursuits in my life and just (laughs) fixed my body. (laughs) And last week, you and I did one small interior together. Mm hmm. And yeah, you have some limitations. Like, ceilings are probably not going to happen. Yep. High above shoulders, uh, repetitive work, maybe cutting wall ceiling lines. Maybe not, but like, those are known now, and you know, yeah, you know what you need to do to be successful in the interior front. Yeah. I can still do 80, 90 odd percent of what I was doing. Yeah. There's just a couple, like a handful of things that are a hard no for me. Yeah. But they're things that I can set up and do everything else. Right. And then you can come in and just beast it out. Which I, I don't even care. Like... I'm just so happy to have you back doing everything else <laughs> that I don't care if you're never going to roll the ceiling. Like, whatever. Um, but your more important job that you're back doing right now is training. Yes. And this is where we introduce Owen. So, Owen Curtin. Want to give, a, like, a one-minute elevator who you are? Yeah. Thing? Um, like, who I am in terms of nth degree? Um, yeah, just, okay, like... Just graduated college, what yeah, you're doing, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, where where this job plays in. Yeah, so um, I graduated um, Champlain College, class 21, with a degree in filmmaking, something that is not a very profitable thing here in Vermont, <laughs> and instead of selling my soul and going to LA or a city or something like that, I decided to, you know, hone my craft here in Vermont, mm-hmm. um, just write free time, and work for... My good friend Noah Cant over here, who yes. I met a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, doing some freelance videography work, and that turned into part-time seasonal jobs, mm-hmm. and now it is my first slash second job out of college, mm-hmm. and I very much look forward to what I'm what I'll be doing in the near future. Yeah, yeah. So you are here with us in the like strong mornings and do an after-school program in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, we will probably be trying to poach you from that, but with no pressure, just, you know, just a dangling carrot at all times. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so like you said, you started when I, when I, man, like when this whole like podcast media idea was in its absolute infancy and I didn't even know what I didn't know and what I was doing, you were an intern for me, um, putting together some early video content that I don't even know if I put it anywhere because it was so ill-conceived on my end. But yeah. you you showed up just, like, happy and, like, eager. And then did you start working for me that summer or the next summer? We did um, one or two jobs that summer. Uh, but you had yeah. Maya full-time. You had a different employee Yes, so you turned into part-time, yes, that summer. And then, so that was 2019 summer. Yeah, and then I was more full-time following summer yes um yeah i had you for two three months yeah 2020 summer yeah yep yeah yeah you were my main employee for the first two-thirds of that summer so you got a good sense of what the exterior scene was like that you know we were we were just describing less organized less intentional every job was different um so I, i think it would be i think we're in a unique This is a unique opportunity for you to kind of compare and contrast what it was like being onboarded, being trained back then 
to now when, you know, you're looking at this 39 point checklist here, you have Bender training you, you have color coded bins. I, you're candid compare and contrast as an employee, I think would be just awesome to hear. So be as honest as you want. Don't yeah. hold back. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and just to set the stage, oh, and you've been with us for three days now. Yes. So yep. this isn't like a month in, mm-hmm. we're, we're three days in. But I think that's enough gun. to yeah. have a really yeah. strong taste, I'd imagine, of the differences. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a, a difficult thing to really say black and white difference-wise because I did have a lot of the same like muscle experience that I do have mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in interior painting that I did exterior painting. So brushwork is pretty much the same. Tape technique is more or less the same. But I will say on tape technique, and I noticed this when we did our first interior job in the summer of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, precision becomes a much bigger thing. Oh, I will yeah. say, I feel Indoors, like yeah. I'm dealing with millimeters with my fingers now, which I was not used to right. um, in exteriors. And that was a big thing for me to get over uh, when we did that job last year. But I will yes. say, coming back this year and doing the onboarding this time, it definitely feels a lot easier to roll into it. And probably because there is more of a process. I feel like when we mm-hmm. were doing exteriors, there was a thing where we would come in, I would show up that morning... And it would be like, all right, here's what we're doing today. And it's different than every other time we've done it. And here's why. Yes. It's way more situational. Yes. And this just seems a lot more straightforward, streamlined, as you put it before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it definitely feels like easier to get into. Yeah. So do you feel more confident that you could become more of an independent producer quicker on interiors compared to if like I tried to train you on exteriors and just dropped you off at a job site? with a bunch of tools. Yeah, I just feel like there's way more variety when you're dealing with an outdoor perspective. Sure. Like an exterior house, because you have to deal with weather, actually. And oh, yeah. that is can change, every, not just during the job site, or what that does to a house over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just light exposure and the sun and everything like that. With an interior job, I feel like even, I've done two interior jobs in my life mm-hmm. at this point, but I feel like there's more of a consistency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that that interior job, summer 2020, was the only one we did in summer 2020. Because was, there was a vacant house they wanted cabinets done. But that is another example of deviating from the norm and busting out a completely different toolkit. Because I, don't, I, I used sticks or something and it bubbled and there were all these craters. And then it was the situation which I wanted to avoid where it's like we have a screwed up cabinet job. And we have a lot of time for it. But now it's nice again and we should be outdoors. So that was even a dumpster fire. So that was an unintentionally done interior. Um, and that was, yeah, we were like filling all these stupid pockmarks and these cabinet doors with auto body filler. And just like, it was sunny out. I was like, we should not be here. This is out of the norm. Why are we doing this? We're not even doing cabinets in this interior phase of this business. We're not touching cabinets. But can I do them yet? Are we specialized in them? No. And it was at a time, too, where you wanted to get into interior painting anyway before mm-hmm. that summer, but you couldn't because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I feel like that, I never thought about this before, but I could see that being a very bad omen for you internally. It was super frustrating. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah, we should be doing more of this, and this one isn't going well. But, but yeah, no, like, you're right. This has been, a, this decision is being a long time long time coming but March 2020 I lost three months of interior work in a few days 
so that didn't happen this summer and we did it again this summer and yeah and now it's it's really exciting to be training someone yeah um and watching you noah be freed up to just go and do yeah like that's i mean i wasn't there for the auto body filling the cabinets um i was just administrative at that point but Mm -hmm. i can uh, like imagine what it was like transitioning from exterior to interior without an organized system in the middle of the summer and you trying to train owen yeah to do an interior while trying to produce it in a short amount of time it was so dumb yeah yeah I mean, speak to, so you, you have a new role as a trainer. And as we talked about in Bender on board, you, you were clandestinely writing a training manual <laughs> that I don't think I knew about until, oh, interesting. So are you using that? How has training been for you? Again, only three days, but like, this has been a good taste. Yeah, it's been, um, I'm. I'm empathizing more with you trying to train me before we figured it out. Um, wow, that's interesting. I know. Because it's taking a lot of bandwidth. I did hear you say yesterday, like, okay, I've never trained this before, and I'm still thinking about this one, and your thing where you can't talk and work was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that's really a handicap. I, I'm yeah, going to have to deal with that. I actually wanted to ask you about that. So it's like... I'm trying to remember what yeah. process it was, but it was the day, yesterday was the day of the long demo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's yeah. maybe a little bit related. Yes. It was, I was teaching him how to cut against tape to prep okay. and roll a room. Yeah, yeah. And um, we did, like, we, I did a little bit of cutting on the first interior that just you and I did solo mm-hmm. without Owen before he came on. Um, but beyond that, I hadn't held a brush and cut against tape in seven months yeah and i'd only done it for a month beforehand sure so i was kind of like what am i what am i doing here what's my process here um but yeah i i actually went back and reviewed my my did you word vomit manual (laughs) yeah (laughs) for like these are all the things that as i was learning how i would have presented it to myself and i think that helped and so it did turn into like i i did a little bit of a long demo for how to cut it to introduce or how to cut a room to introduce the idea of like, here are the specific steps because it's not going to change the entire room. It's besides cutting against tape versus cutting an interior corner. It's not going to change. So like I, I wanted to make sure that you understood and you had the time to watch me do it as I spoke out loud. And I did finally, I was like, I'm just going to say the same things over and over again as I do this. So I can talk and, and do this at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember the reason you gave a long demo in the first place was because when you demonstrated your first demo, um, part one, on one side of the room, you sent me to the other side of the room, but we didn't realize how drafty it was on that side of the room. It's like, why is this drying so quickly? I feel like I'm doing all of this wrong and yeah. it's tacking up really quickly. So there was a slight difference. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and like, this was a bathroom, so when we say the other side of the room, we mean five feet away. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I didn't just set them loose; I just there, tried to. There's a tornado the over there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just kind of thought back to how Noah had trained me, and something that was really helpful was not just seeing it once. I needed to see it again and again so that I could watch the first time he did it. Oh, that's this is the application of paint to wall, and then oh, he's actually pulling paint with a paintbrush. And then, like, oh, it's feathering the edge. So watching it three or four times, I, like, watched each piece and then understood how it all went together. 
And then there was still plenty of bathroom left for you to practice on. Yeah. You know. I... Going back to how you know, that that three day job where I was training you all wrong, trying to throw in too much and trying to produce a lot while trying to train you, and it didn't work for anyone. Fun memories, yeah. Yeah. So this this is so much more effective. I believe strongly in the model of if your first employee, if you're lucky enough to have a vendor, if your first employee can function as a good trainer, make that first employee train your second employee, even if the first employee isn't fully up to speed. You know more than he does. Mm -hmm. So that's all, like, you, Bender, can train Owen on a good chunk of interior prep and even some painting. Yeah. And I can produce. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to produce at a high level and train. Yeah. I pop in occasionally to check in, to answer a question, to add a point. But fundamentally, I am free to produce. And are you going at your highest speed? No. No. But I don't expect you to because you're training. And you get a really good hands-on trainer who is focused mostly on training you instead of producing. Yeah. So it's that I think that takes care of everyone's needs. You know, you got a little stressed out when you were like, "Am I just supposed to be watching him? Can I do something?" I was like, "No, you're just supposed to be watching him." It's yes. It's not wrong, but I understand. Like I am beasting on shit. Yes. Deep breath. Yeah. Stand still. (laughs) Like, but and that. Anything less does a disservice to you, Owen. Yeah, and that was a big thing last summer, I remember, too. And just when it was just me and you painting for a lot of the time, um, backwards motion became a much bigger thing. Yeah. Because you'd show me how to do something. I would do it for 20 minutes. I would make 20 minutes worth of mistakes. Yeah. And i have to go do it all over again. Yeah. And we lose, like, hours of work because yeah. of that. Which was my fault. Like, fundamentally, it was. Yeah. Like, I know you weren't going to say that, but it was. It was just the nature of the situation. Like, how else could you have done that, though, on an exterior and still produce things? It's do the thing which solo or nearly solo people suck at, which is slow down. Right. Um, Slow down and spend a full hour training or commit to just, like, coming back more often. Um, Or maybe that's just part of the process and you have to make 20 minutes worth of mistakes and redo stuff to learn it. But, like... Yeah, it's, it's something that definitely attracted me to your business in the first place. It was like, oh, it's like one guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'd be cool. I could be one of his first employees. That's sure. kind of a appetizing sure. <laughs> job in a you know, weird way to put that. Um, yeah, and I wanted to be like one of your first employees. I thought that was cool. It's like relatable local business. I've worked for like bigger companies before, like landscaping mm-hmm. companies, and I just didn't feel like... I don't know. It didn't. I didn't feel like part of a team. Sure. In a lot of ways, I like the small team aspect a lot more than like the big business cool. aspect. That's cool to know. And so yeah. I was. I was willing to like push through those kind of like rough edges to see you figure it out and to help you figure it out because I thought like, oh, if I'm early on, I could if I stay consistent with it, I could like be, you know, a major player in the company a little bit. Yeah, and I, that is very generous of you. And I don't think. <laughs> I don't think most like. 2021 year olds would view it that way but that is kind of looking at it like it's a disorganized startup kind of thing which it is it it was yeah um but so i'm curious then even though we're starting to put systems in place that on the back end make us feel maybe like a big characterless company does it still feel like is that taking is the is the heavy systemization and that you do this every time this way, no room for error or no no breathing room for 
what am I trying to say? Creativity. Yeah, less creative opportunity. We just want straight lines and even sheen. Is that taking away from like the, oh, the small feel? I don't think so. I mean, when you compare it to the other like larger trade company I worked with, it's just I never met the owner. I didn't know anybody really at the company, hmm. so I didn't care that much. Interesting. Because I didn't know the people who I was really making money for. Interesting. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Like when I was working for you, yeah. Um, something that would come up a lot is like, all right, when this happens and we have to go backwards, I'm losing money. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so this is, okay, so I like this guy, so I'm going to give a little more of a shit because I don't want to lose him money. Sort of sure. Thing. Again, that's unicorn employee. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how I got so lucky with, with these two people in my yeah. kitchen right now. But like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, was, I wasn't just going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Lesser humans would have owned, <laughs> but yeah. So I, um, I want to go back a little bit to talking about speed and slowing down mm-hmm. and training and, um, uh, something that was really, that came across when, so Owen and I spent the majority of our time in the bathroom on this job that we were doing while Noah just beast mode at the kitchen. And it was cool to have the opportunity and to know that you Owen did not need to worry about speed at all like we didn't want you to be fast we we didn't want you to feel a time crunch we didn't want you to do big production and the fact that I was able to just like be doing the same exact task as you in the bathroom you did like two kind of short baseboard lines of taping in the time that I taped the rest of the bathroom and those two lines were perfect. Were really good. I took yeah. a video of it to show you. They were money. <laughs> they were money. Yeah. They were perfect. And it was, at least it, from the trainer perspective, and so I would love you to respond from the training perspective, it felt so good to be able to just say, no, you're just, you're just going to do those two. If it doesn't look right to you, call me over or do it again and then call me over. And like before you move on to the next step, call me over and I'll come look at it. And so there isn't, we didn't get forward enough to create backwards motion because we just wanted you to learn the skill. Oh, wow. That, I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. ooh. Yeah. Don't go forward enough to go backward. Yeah, that's yeah. heady. We got, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, His face recorded. just, yeah, exactly. His face just lit up. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that was a really, really important step. Yeah. And, and that couldn't have happened with, without this three-person setup. Like when you were training me, we figured it out. We figured out a way to do it. I'm kind of in a similar vein of Owen. I think I'm different than like just grabbing an employee off the street. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think both of you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're a special team here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we made it work, but it's a very different vibe to be able to just say, Owen, you're going to go do these two things until you learn that task. And then like, we're still going to produce. Now we did the whole kitchen. Yeah. Well, we taped the bathroom and mm-hmm. it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, um, you were supposed to. Yeah. I want to yeah. know how, like, how did that feel for you to just not feel time pressure, not feel, oh, I have to get, get this done and just go stick yourself next to the toilet and tape that baseboard. She did put him next to the toilet. <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, um, I think it definitely gave me the opportunity to focus on like the sort of primal skills in air quotes primal 
um, of like the job itself, like your perception and um, working with really steady hands, and it gives you the opportunity to really like get good at those skills, which I think is the important thing because that speed builds over time, mm-hmm. you know, with that. So I think just doing that um, was a good place to start instead of like as we did last summer, where it's like, all right, this is how you do it. I'll be in the other room. Uh, I'll check back in in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be up on a 32-foot ladder yeah, on the other side yeah. of a house. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the worst thing, because when you're up on a huge ladder, it's like, it's like, hey, I have a question, and then I have to wait five minutes before <laughs> yeah. get down the ladder. <laughs> yeah. And it won't always be like that, obviously. We're yeah. three days in, so once you have that skill, like the way that I'm envisioning training you, or continuing to build on this, is once you feel comfortable taping baseboard, um, you know, I'll, I'll be able to say, Hey, go take that baseboard and not just the behind the toilet section or next to the toilet, like go do the whole room. She's still going to make you do by the toilet. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a strong maybe there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Bender hates bathrooms. It's yeah. a new mantra for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't love bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so I, yeah. What's to like about them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like having that space and time to really build the skill then it doesn't matter how much of it needs to get done. If you know how to do it and you feel confident doing it, you can just go and do the whole room because it's the same thing Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And where I wasn't at peace with the time I was spending training before, I couldn't slow down enough to do it well. To train, yeah, both yeah. of us, yeah. Yeah. I don't even care how long this stuff takes. Because I knew when I was done with the kitchen yesterday, I knew when I walked into the bathroom, everything was going to be perfectly ready for me. And that's still like a big service. Because I get yeah. to walk in and just go straight at it. All the prep and everything was done. I just get to do what I'm best and really fast at. So it didn't feel like a cost. Like I know it's like a cost that my business is incurring technically to have people who aren't at full production on the job site, but that's part of paid training. But like, it wasn't like a mental tax on me where I was just like, are they done? Are they done? Are they done? No, it's like, they're going to be done when they're done. And then I get to go do my thing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I was just with you at the helm of this, you bender. I was able to just be way, way calmer about what was going on. Which again, is what both of you need. Yes. It's for me to just set you up and get the hell out of the way and be there when when I need to be. Yeah. Um, but another, another thing too that I thought of, I don't know what made, made me think about this. Last summer, about three months in maybe, a switch flipped with you and you got way more confident and you got way more autonomous and then you left. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. But I, just to put that in context, that, that wasn't the shit on you. Oh, like, no, no. Yeah, I, like, yeah, you had stuff to do. But like, that felt appropriate. I've talked to other people in the industry who, who are like, yeah, three to six months is when people click and get confident, start to make better decisions on their own. Um, and, you know, like, so don't worry if you don't feel very independent or confident in bigger picture ways. Master the tasks that we're setting in front of you that day. Build the speed as you can. Do everything as perfect as possible. And it might take a month or two or three for you to feel for you to start walking around like Bender does on job sites because she's done that learning curve, but it can take months Mm -hmm. for it to like, to really get all the logic and all the little if thens. But I do hope how systematized we are and how intentional everything is accelerates it 
and how there's less choice. Like I said, less yeah. variables, yeah. less choice. I also think it's, um, it'll be nice and possibly speed up the process because, you know, something that Noah and I both emphasize is ask any question. It, just ask any question mm-hmm. anytime, as many times as you want. Ask the question instead of guessing and guessing wrong. Um, yeah. If you're if you're not like confident in that decision, you know, if you're not at that three month point where you're building decisions, you can ask me questions instead of having to interrupt Noah's flow. Mm-hmm. And my flow is way less important than than Noah's flow. And you're generally. often going to be in the same room doing a similar exactly. Thing. And so like it's not going to be an interruption, like a huge interruption to anything for you to ha- ask a clarifying question, you Owen, and then learn it and keep going. Whereas if it was just, like, if you had to go directly to Noah, you would have had to stop what you were doing, go out, wait for him to finish cutting the ceiling line or whatever he was doing that was time sensitive, come in, show you what you were doing, you're just twiddling your thumbs in the meantime. Like, this this three-person system feels good. Yeah, and I think this job especially is a job where, and the trades in general, where if you make a decision, you can't really go back and fix it. You put paint on a wall, you can't really remove it after that. It's there. You can't take it off and start over. Sure. And that's a really easy thing for me, especially to overthink, because I overthink things. It's just the kind of person I am. And it's funny that the job that I was really confident on last summer was staining a deck, something we'll never do again, because now do interiors. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You will develop new confident habits and and skills. Yeah. Yeah, Another three months. Yep. They'll be way easier, I promise you. Yeah. But you never really felt the joy of Armstrong Clark. Maybe we'll do a couple X series next summer, guys. <laughs> Get outside. Just a couple. Um, take note. No, yeah. I was thinking about yeah. X series. Okay, year. we can we can do a day on a Green Mountain stain job job site and uh, just go invade their company. It's like a work right, Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a little work exchange. Take his exterior guys and have them do interiors. They would hate that. That would. I will not train that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Um... I was thinking of something. Um, yeah, back to, again, back to higher level stuff. This is where all of, like, all the people talk about the systems of this and that, the organization. Like, like, this is the intellectual property of my business. And this is the first time I've seen it manifested in reality in a way that feels scalable. This feels like a snowballing replicable machine that I have now in a way that's incredibly exciting. Mm. And this week was just like, like these are all just Google Docs until they start to interact with humans. And those humans start to interact with walls. And this was such a cool week watching this happen. And I would like, you guys just can't have that lens because you're not me. But from my perspective, this was awesome. Like, yeah, super, super exciting. To watch this happen. Even from my perspective, I can see the potential. I can see like, wow, all right, what's this going to look like in February? I'm ready to get another employee. Oh, I know you you had the idea when we were talking earlier this summer about like the end goal ideally is we're all just our own producers at different sites during the day. Yeah. And we're all just like making our own money based off that site essentially. Just (laughs) under the nth degree company. Yes. Yeah. There are precedents for that. It's not the most common thing, but it's kind of like I treat you guys like employees, but pay you guys like subcontractors, where it's you own the job and your pay is performance-based. And 
obviously we can't experiment with that model yet. Um, you guys have to get up to full production first, yeah. but like, I don't know. I don't know. That's a model that I haven't heard many people do successfully. A lot of people say it doesn't work. It's how my brain works. I'm not in, that's how I'm incentivized, right? Like I want to make as mo as much money per unit of my time as possible. And I don't understand any other way of thinking, but like, but yeah, I want to experiment with that. And we do have a history of looking at something saying, oh, that's how other people do it. We're not going to do it that way. <laughs> and then last time we failed miserably and went back to the way that everybody else hey, does it. There but... <laughs> are big examples of companies who do that well. Though. Yeah. So, no. but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a vision for the future that I would love to experiment with. And it could be an experiment. And it could be some people are suited for it and some aren't. But if we can't train people up to that level, then we don't even get there yet. So that's it's one of those down-the-road things. But given these three days, it feels... Maybe not that specifically, but, but that idea of training quickly and training well and expanding towards that kind of thing feels feels reachable eventually 100 percent. yeah yeah this is this has just been such exciting proof of concept yes um, exactly yeah no i really want to hire another person it's like why not on this job because it was small but like on the we bigger on the big jobs we have big interesting complete interiors in large houses why not train two people like yeah yeah so think yeah, I think we see how December goes. We have a nice big interior then. And then early 2022, I could see adding another person. Even if it's a strong part-time person, just get another person in the system, going, learning, like, yeah. Someone who can swap out for me at noon. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Get, a, get a friend of yours yeah, with a yeah. morning job. And Ooh. then, yeah, tag in. Everyone will be really high energy for four hours. No one will get tired. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, final thoughts? Things we didn't talk about? No. No? I think we covered everything I'm excited about. Yeah. Owen's first podcast. Is it your first podcast? I mean, you're a media guy, but is this your first podcast experience? Yeah, I've never done, like, podcast performance before. I've edited podcasts. Mm -hmm. I have done that, but I've never been on a podcast. All right. Yeah. You did great. First time, yeah. Bender's an old pro. At this point, yeah. Yeah. We were we were supposed to say something about Bender Overboard. Maybe we'll... Because <laughs> you were almost overboard. That was when in, in the, the Valley of Gloom and Despair yes. in October. I was like, well, I guess she has to quit because of this. I'll at least have a good title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we didn't bring it up, because <laughs> made it through. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um... Yeah. That's it. Cool. Thanks for joining, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Good job, team. Sure, sure we'll have more of these as we go. Great. Yeah. All right. Later. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation and catch up. The thing that happened a few weeks after that recording is that the comp decision was reversed. My understanding is this is different state to state, but in Vermont, the state Department of Labor can actually overrule the decision that the insurer made. And that happened. We honestly didn't think this was even within the realm of possibility, but the good news is that Bender was reimbursed for wages and medical expenses incurred, so the system kind of works occasionally. 
Thank you for listening. Please share this, leave reviews wherever you listen. They help a lot. And if you want to get in touch, the best way is to DM me on Instagram at advice from young tradesmen. Until next time. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.